How do you stay sober? How does anyone stay sober? We're going to look at overcoming today in this episode of Recovery Support with Kevin Bergen. This is Recovery Support, and I'm Kevin Bergen, licensed psychotherapist. This show is to support those in recovery from sexually compulsive behavior and to offer that support with education, inspiration, and motivation. Many newcomers to an S group, that is, any 12-step group for sexual recovery, are wondering what success is or how one overcomes their destructive or obsessive sexual behavior. I'm going to share today, in the first of two parts, the chapter in the S.A. White book called Overcoming Lust and Temptation. Many in S.A. recommend that a newcomer read this chapter first and then go back and start from the beginning. So enjoy today as one member of S.A. shares several important things that worked for him. Starting in the S.A. White book on page 157. When we withdraw from our habits and are able to stay sexually sober for some length of time, we discover that even though we may not be acting out our compulsion, the obsession is still with us, though it may seem to disappear for a time. Lust, as we've seen, assumes many disguises, which we begin to recognize in sobriety as time goes on. For one person, lust may be lusting after someone. For another, it may be the obsession to be lusted after. Well, for yet another, lust may appear as a desperate sexual or emotional need for someone. In any case, it is the inner disposition of the heart that's the real problem. And the work of recovery continues with altered attitudes and gaining progressive victory over lust. Lust only yields to slow, patient working of the program in the context of others who are doing the same. This is one reason we need the Fellowship of Sobriety on a continuing basis. The rewards are unending, giving us the true freedom we always wanted. In the following piece, a member tells how he overcame his obsession with lust. For many, these suggestions have proven to be useful in maintaining sobriety and overcoming lust and temptation. How I overcame my obsession with lust. How did I do it? I didn't. A woman in AA told me after she spoke in a meeting, quoting chapter 5 in Alcoholics Anonymous, that, quote, God could and would if he were sought. And that's how I did it. By letting God do it, because I couldn't. But God could and would and did. But I had to go to meetings to learn things like meetings, 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 meetings. That's what they told me. Just keep bringing the body. Work the steps, work the steps, work the steps, work the steps. Going to meetings and working the steps. That's how I did it. That's how I learned to let, quote, the grace of God enter to dispel the obsession. Here's what worked for me. One, stop practicing the compulsion. I stopped acting out sexually in any and all forms, including sex with myself and non-marital relationships. 
there could be no relief from the obsession of lust while still practicing the acts of lust. 2. Stop feeding the obsession. This meant eliminating from what was under my control all printed and visual materials and other symbols of my tyranny. I had to stop feeding my lust by looking around in my use of television, movies, and music, and by using and listening to the language of lust. I also had to stop living only and always inside my own head. That's one of the great fringe benefits of going to a lot of meetings. Most of us sexaholics really live on the inside of our heads. We're seldom in the real world. 3. Participate in the fellowship of the program. I don't know of anyone who can stay sober and free of obsession of lust without such fellowship. I couldn't. Fellowship is where the action is where the magic is, where the connection is, where feeling part of is. At first, all I could do was attend meetings. Then I followed the suggestion of getting involved in the mechanics of meetings, setting up, cleaning up, holding jobs such as literature chairman, treasurer, or secretary. Getting involved made me feel I could be part of instead of apart from my old nemesis. Later, I would be able to go out for coffee, start meeting with others one-on-one, -on -one, and begin the painful but necessary process of growing up by coming out. 4. Admit powerlessness. At the very beginning, all I could do when the compulsion struck was cry out, I'm powerless, please help me. Sometimes a hundred times a day, Powerlessness was the most beautiful word in the world to me then, as I was coming to experience the first step at depth. It still is. Later, I would discover that I was really powerless over me. The more I had fought lust before, the more it fought back. All my willpower seemed to empower lust rather than hold it in check. Reading step one in the 12 and 12 helped me see that my powerlessness was the firm bedrock upon which happy and purposeful lives may be built. I finally stopped trying to stop. Only by admitting lust's power over me to others in the fellowship could I receive power over my lust. 5. Surrender Without surrender, Mere admission of powerlessness fails to connect us with our higher power. At first for me, it was surrendered to the group where I began attending meetings. This was simply going to the meetings and being as honest, open-minded, and willing as I could. This was how I came to experience the second step and have hope that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. This was what prepared the way for the third step surrendered later on when it would be to God as I understood Him. As far as my lust was concerned, I knew exactly what surrender meant and what I had to do. Every time I was tempted from within or without, I would say, I surrender the right to lust after this person. Please take it away. And like it says, 
God could and would and did. I may have had some discomfort or fear and may have had to repeat the surrender over and over again, but it worked. It felt scary at first, but I was staying sober and it was slowly getting easier one temptation at a time. Six, bring the inside out. As I began to see that I would apparently never be cured of the possibility of lusting, I had to bring other steps to bear on me. Steps four and five opened the door to being able to look at myself critically. This was probably the most important change of attitude in my early recovery. But with lust, I had to keep taking many inventories as suggested in the fifth and tenth steps. Whenever I felt some experience, image, memory, or thought was controlling me, as was often the case, I would bring it to the light, taking it out with another program person. Get the air and sunlight on it. Lust hates the light and flees from it. It loves the dark, secret recesses of my being. And once I let it lodge there, it's like a fungus and starts flourishing, the athlete's foot of the soul. But as soon as I bring it to the light, exposing it to another recovering sexaholic, the power it has over me is broken. Light kills lust. I did this with specific experiences, not in generalities. Sometimes it meant imposing on a person's time, but it cleaned me out and kept me sober. Every time I talked it out in surrender, the power of that memory or experience was broken. Another new and powerful breakthrough. 7. Trust As I was able more and more to live above my lust, learning to trust more and more in God's power to expel the obsession, I soon learned to begin each day with a prayer of putting myself and my lust in God's hands just for that day. This meant I was learning to live without lust and really wanted to be free. Now I begin each day with a third step prayer, changing the wording to suit my own case. It usually goes something like this. Please keep me sober from my lust today because I can't. I offer you my will and life today to do and build with as you will. Relieve me of the bondage of self today that I may better do your will. Take away my difficulties today that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of your great power, love, and way of life. Give me what I need today. Thy will, not mine, be done today. 8. Use the literature of the program. The 12 and 12 and Alcoholics Anonymous were my first guides in working the steps. Again and again, I found what I needed in those original documents that launched the 12-step program. Many of us now find that working the principles outlined in our essay literature adds another dimension and is very helpful. Using it in the solitude and privacy of our own quiet times, we gain insights about ourselves and our recovery in a way uniquely suited to who and where we are. 
Nine, go to work on the other defects. I discovered to my utter amazement that lust was not my root problem at all. It was just another symptom of my underlying spiritual illness, diseased attitudes. Lust was just one more manifestation of this huge negative force within me that had to bust out any way it could. As soon as lust started to go, resentment started taking its place, then fear, then a judging spirit. It was like trying to stop a leak in a dam. While you're trying to plug up one hole, it springs a leak somewhere else because there's this huge body of water behind the dam and its pressure is going to make it break out at the weakest spot. This huge body of water, as it turns out, is the destructive negative side of me. And the degree to which I can connect into the positive power, God, is the degree to which I disconnect from the negative in all its forms. Thank God, today I have a choice. The fringe benefit of having to work on my defects to rid myself of the obsession of lust is finally being able to plug into life. But I can't be free of any obsession while I'm drunk on another. I can't be free of lust while drunk on resentment, and so on. I went to step study meetings to learn how others were actually getting victory over their defects. I was told that one of the best ways to nip a resentful thought in the bud is to pray for the person I resented. Ask for them what you want for yourself, they suggested. It worked. My first employer in sobriety was the object of scores of such daily prayers. They didn't seem to do him much good, who knows, but they kept me from falling into the snake pit of resentment. 10. Learn to give instead of take. This technique worked on lust, too. Whenever I'd catch a likely image in the corner of my eye, instead of obeying the impulse to look and drink, I'd keep looking straight ahead while praying for that person. It might be a simple, God bless her and give her what she needs. Or, depending on the intensity of the lust stimulus, it might be more fervent. God bless her and make her a blessing. Thy will be done in her life. I began doing the same for models and ads that had a similar power over me. Whenever I do this kind of thing, I feel good. I get something back that's clean and strong and free and good. I somehow become a channel for releasing good into me instead of opening up a conduit of lust for evil to come in. The measure I drink in of that image is the measure I'm enslaved by it. The measure I give out to another is the measure I'm released from its power. Plus, it's so much easier to give than try that old self-mortification kind of willpower. Try it sometime. You can't lust after the one you're praying for in such a manner. Here's an experience related by a woman member. Quote, I remember early in sobriety seeing a very suggestive video in a department store. I got drawn into it, and before I knew what hit me, that image took me over. 
So I started praying for that singer over and over. And it worked. I've tried this many times since, and it always works for me. Unquote. This action may also serve to make indirect amends to all the anonymous objects of my lust and sex acts, those many strangers I've helped confirm in their destructive way of life. It seems to be a law of the universe. The measure I give is the measure I get back. That's going to conclude today's reading, and we will pick up next episode for the second half of this chapter, Overcoming Lust and Temptation. Today, we're going to close with the third step prayer. It's found on page 63 of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, on page 95 of the S.A. White Book, or you can Google third step prayer. If you know the prayer, please join me. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. You can now follow me on Twitter where my ID is clearhelp and you can find my Twitter profile link on my website kevinbergen.com you can also email me at kbrecoverysupport at gmail.com the recovery support podcast does not promote any program or fellowship and it only informs about resources that I have found helpful to my clients you can always refer to the show notes at recoverysupport.podbean.com. Have a terrific week and have a sober day.